Agents Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Code Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. In this week's episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast, Tristan and I have a great conversation with the amazing Roland Frazier. Roland started in real estate at the age of 18, practiced law for over 12 years, and has become an incredibly successful entrepreneur. Roland has scaled or sold over 24 businesses for more than seven figures and is currently co-founder and or principal of three current Inc. Magazine fastest growing companies. Tune in to hear Roland's incredible journey and his wisdom on taking your business to the next level. So, hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, we've got a special guest and Roland and I. I think I met Roland the same day that Jeff met Roland. Was that right, Jeff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we both That's met at in Newport. Is it Newport or Laguna off of the Ritz Carlton in? Yeah, yeah. That was it. That was it. So for those of you who don't know Roland, it's Roland Frazier, and he's he's an attorney. He's practiced business. I'm a recovering attorney. Recovering attorney. Yeah. There you go. I'm currently practicing tax and securities laws. Right in the past. Yes. And you've worked with a lot of investors. He's also the co-founder and principal of three current Inc. magazine fastest growing companies. And that's, you know, the three digital marketer, rival brands, and Platt. Platter. Is that you call Platter or Platt R? Platter. 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 It's the Silicon Valley cool way. You leave out a vowel and then it's worth more. <laughs> okay. That's so true. I didn't think of that. <laughs> And then you've you've sold over, or maybe at the time it was twenty four different seven to nine figure businesses, ranging from three million to three hundred and thirty seven million, which is just insane to me. But that's that's amazing, man. So congrats on on your huge success on that side. And to top it all off, he's also a super nice guy. <laughs> so uh, congrats on, on being super forget. super kind. Don't forget, he has the winning strategy on upgrading your hotel room every time. So Tristan's sitting in his living room, I'm sitting in my office, and Roland's sitting in the penthouse suite because that's always where he hangs. <laughs> yeah, and that's a cool hack. Do you have? Did you blog about that, Roland, anywhere, or is that just on your Facebook? I've just page? I've put it on Facebook a couple times. That's, that's All right. It. So check out Roland Frazier's Facebook page, his personal page. He has this like really lengthy post on upgrading to the next level for your hotel stay. And it's uh, it works. It's right on. I'm going to be testing it out this coming week, Roland. So I'll let you know. It's so cool, Tristan. I get, I get so many people that send me those video, like video walkthroughs of the rooms they got and they're like, Oh, it's so cool. I got this. And it's, and man, it, it, it just works. This one is, this is uh 2,500 square feet, I think, at the win. It's got a massage room and all kinds of other stuff. And uh, I think I'm in for 375 a night. That's oh insane. Well, and let me also say that it's awesome content. It's interesting content. I watch every damn video. I got my wife watching every video. It's, it's, it's such a basic, it's such basic stuff, but it's interesting. It's so I cool. think it's cool too. I watch them too. It's, <laughs> I mean, not mine, but I watch other people's. I think it's really cool. <laughs> That's so funny. All right. So Roland, for those of those, for those of the people out there that don't know you in the real estate world, can you do a, a short bio on, on who you are and what sure. you've done? Yeah. So I started off, I found uh, a book by a guy named Robert Allen in the back of my dad's car. It was uh, called Nothing Down. And it was how to buy houses without putting any money down. And I was like, this is really cool. And I'm 16 years old or so. And it's just, this is really cool. And I read it. Of course, now at the time, interest rates were crazy high. They're, they're so low now compared historically. And I'd read his examples and it'd be, I think at the time, interest rates were 10 or 12% on homes. And, uh, 
I, I read, read his things and he's like, you know, I did this and this 6% thing and this and this 8% thing. And I was like, those rates are never going to come again. So it's really funny. Now, somebody just told me yesterday they got a 30 year fixed for 3%, which is just wow, like free from, you know, when you factor in inflation. But anyway, I read Bob's book and and was like, this is really cool and kind of charted out the strategy and was like, I want to do this. And as soon as I turned 18, I got my real estate license because I was, I was just, this, this seems like a, a great way to go. And um, I started off selling homes as a real estate agent. I pretty quickly realized that I did not like going door to door and trying to get onesie twosie people to sign up with me for listings. So I was like, well, who's got lots of listings that I could go to. And so I was like, well, developers have lots of listings. So I started calling on developers and ended up getting with a guy that, that had several. And was, he let me be the person that was, that was doing that. I, I did that. And then I saw what he was doing was basically buying what they call unentitled land and then changing it to uh, be able to put lots on it and then selling some of the lots and then building on it. And I was like, that's really cool. Tell me how you do that. So I learned how to do that. And I ended up investing some money with him in a little four, I think it was four lots. It was one lot. We turned it into four. We built some houses on it and I made almost three times my money in about nine months. I was like, that's, that's pretty cool. And then I started saying, well, how do you, how do you do this like on a bigger scale? And he's like, well, I raised money through syndications, uh, uh, these limited partnerships and people put money in as investors. And then I uh, do the thing and I split the profits with them. I said, that's cool. I said, how do you get the people to, to give you money? He's like, well, you know, just network. I talked to them and stuff like that. I said, okay, well, I said, I can do that. So, and then we talked about um, other parts of that. And one of the things is that he has to have this stuff called key man insurance in case something happens to him so that like if he gets hit by a bus, there's an insurance policy that pays enough to get all the investors their money back. And I was like, well, can I sell you that? And he said, <laughs> got an insurance license you can. And I was like, okay, I'll get an insurance license. So <clears throat> I did that. And then I was like, well, how about the raising money? Do you pay commissions on that? And he's like, well, you got to be licensed as a securities person to do that. And I said, okay, well, I'll go take the securities exam and I'll get my securities license so I can do that. And I, we just did a whole bunch of stuff together. I, I'd say, I, I don't know, maybe if I was guessing 10,000 houses over, over a, a several year period between you know, buying, wow. building, selling, all that kind of stuff. And um, a lot of stuff in, in, uh, in North Carolina and Virginia. And, uh, and it was just really cool. So I was pretty, pretty fond of real estate at the, at the time I was going through. Um, I played at night in bands. Uh, out in clubs from started doing that when I was uh, 15 years old and played till about 42. So I was doing that at night. I was in school in the day. I was got a degree in accounting and then I kind of did the real estate during the other time that I had. I went on to law school. Um, I realized that buying and selling real estate, and I remember the first time that, that I did a nothing down deal and somebody just signed their house over to me without me giving them any money. And I was like, this is this is crazy. It actually works. I mean, but you still owe the money on the house, right? You know that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to sell it, but okay. And, um, and once you do that, it, it, it kind of lets you know that you can, I guess that business wise to me was you can do anything. If somebody will literally sign their house over to you without knowing you on a meeting or two, and then, and then you have the title, but they have the debt. That's a, that's a pretty ballsy thing to, to figure out you can do and, um, and pretty empowering. And I ended up adapting that to companies too, through the securities thing. I had a relationship with Prudential Securities in New York and a guy there, one of the investment bankers took me under his wing and kind of showed me how they do it with companies. And I started doing it with companies as well. Got out of uh, law school and started practicing law, but was all this time still doing these kinds of deals. So I, I've just been passionate about it forever and kind of um, I, I got out of it and focused more on the real estate side and focused more on the business side for several years. But maybe five or six years ago now, a friend of mine that is a that has some real estate SaaS software as a service uh, came to me and said, you know, can you help me grow my company? And he gave me a piece of the company to do that. And so now I've got that, that company is called Real Estate Worldwide. And so we have we have wow. several different SaaSes. We've got a big one that's an online transaction processing thing that's launching in Phoenix this week. And um, 
that got me back into the real estate side. And then we did coaching and all this other stuff. And we have products and wholesaling houses and that kind of stuff. Then uh, on the brokerage side, about four years ago, I met Sam uh, Karamian and Oliver Graff. They came into our war room. We got to be friends. We started the closing table mastermind and together and uh, on the on the real estate broker side and salesperson side and then kind of got more into that. And now I, I uh, acquired, was able to come in and be an investor in their company. So I have an interest in, in Big Block Realty now and we're, we're really excited to grow that and franchise it out and expand it pretty dramatically. So just kind of like real, it's real estate's like the Godfather. It's like keep pulling me back in. You know, it's uh, <laughs> such a great business. And then we we last saw you in Amsterdam on stage at a Tony Robbins event, Business Mastery, right? Yeah. Which costs about what ten k to just go. It, yeah, and and uh, so I we uh, another company that I didn't mention that I have. And an interest in is called Digital Marketer. And so Digital Marketer is owned by a parent company called The Scalable Company. We have a whole bunch of SaaSes and other companies under that too. And we recently formed a partnership with uh, with Tony Robbins. And so we are presenting on his stages at Business Mastery and um, and we'll be doing more and more of that in the future. We've got a lot of things going with those guys. And it's really exciting because it's just such a great high quality team and Tony's heart and and desire to serve people really matches with our culture and um and so we're i'm here in actually las vegas right now my partner ryan dice is speaking at business mastery here and we're meeting with their team talking about all the the other cool things we're going to do together so it's pretty fun dude that's exciting man i love that all right so let's get into it roland if you could go back in time to a to a baby roland yeah, maybe not, maybe not a baby, a teen Roland. All, okay. right? all right. And, and tell yourself, hey, Roland, these these are the things you need to focus on or this is the one thing you need to focus on to get to your financial goal quicker. Mm-hmm. Right. What what would that be? Or what is the group of things you would say to yourself to get there quicker? So just generically, what would I do? Because I'd like to talk specifically after that. Yeah. Generically, to me, it, it's. And, and I know you know that and everybody that's listened to this who's in real estate knows it, it's your network. So I would probably spend more time up leveling my network and um, and not spend so much time doing all of the other crazy things that I was doing when I was that age, although they were kind of fun. <laughs> so, but that's not the fast way to business success. It's definitely the fast way to having a good time. So I, I would, um, but I would consciously, I think what I would do is I would identify the categories of people that I felt could really help me move to the next level. And so I would get to know good attorneys. I'd get to, to, to know personally, like I'd want to be able to text and, and that's kind of where I am now. I, I don't want like a service provider that I deal with that I have to call their office. I don't want to have to call my attorney's office to get an appointment. I don't want to have to call my doctor's office to get an appointment. I want a personal one-on-one relationship that is text where we can just say, Hey man, I'm, I need this thing or I'm having this challenge or whatever. And we can get together. And I would, I would say network wise, it would be accountant, tax person, a uh, business attorney, an account, uh, an accountant, if I didn't say that a um, uh, investment banker, meaning somebody who buys and sells companies or provides the funding to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, want, I'd want to get the investment banker who's kind of a facilitator of those transactions, a commercial banker who helps you move in and out of money for deals that aren't like the size of investment banking. And then I'd also want, I'd also want a network probably of four or five people that were in different uh, non-correlated industries, meaning if if one industry goes up, the other industries aren't necessarily going up. But if one industry goes down, they're not all going down at the same time. So mm-hmm. I'd really want somebody that was involved uh, in commercial real estate, in residential real estate, in um, in different categories of business that that I might be interested in, especially software, because I think software is just magical in terms of valuations and the ability to just grow super, super fast. You know, you just took Robert Kiyosaki's short list and just added some amazing things to it um, oh, cool. because he always, he, he always says, look, you need a team, right? If you're going to be able to 
uh, go from the that quadrant where you're just an employee over to business, you're going to need a team. And yeah. the team that you just put together, that's that's pretty solid, man. I, I love that that you just added somebody in the software world. And I think that's that is super key. Jeff, how many times have you and I talked and we're like, look, this is the piece we're missing and it happens to just be software, right? Yeah. And having now built uh, from scratch a software team and bought a company that had a software team to acquire the team, I, um, I definitely would not, uh, would not build that team again without somebody that really knew what they were doing because we <laughs> And uh, we learned a lot and spent a lot of money, but now we've got it. You know, now we've been in it enough that, that we've done it. But yeah, like as far as it, speeding things up, just generally speeding things up, it's it's ha- it's having the people who are way better than you are at all the skills that you don't have. And um, I like uh, Sarah Blakely says the the woman that founded Spank. She's uh, I think before Kylie Jenner became a billionaire, she was the youngest female self made billionaire in history and uh, and even more so because she didn't have any like crazy good connections to start with. But she says, hire your weaknesses. And I think that I, I would adapt that. So I've adapted that on the hiring side to partner, contract, or hire your weaknesses. Meaning you should either partner with people that satisfy, that fill in the gaps you don't have, or you should hire contractors that do that, or you should hire employees that do that. But I would also say, that you should be up leveling your weaknesses in your network as well. So if you're, if you want to get in software, then go to software meetups and start meeting the people who are the movers and shakers and find out who's doing that and Ah. figure out how to go have a drink with those people. And the same thing with investment bankers. There's so, there's a whole different level of money and success and transactions that go at such a higher velocity than most people are aware of. And it's a few levels up from where most people are right now and they don't see it, so they don't know it. But once you see it, it's it's like, man, all I gotta do, it's like the uh, uh, a rip current, right? It's all I have to do is swim into that and then it's gonna carry me really fast, way faster than if I was trying to swim it uh, to this next place that I wanna be. And and that's kind of magical. Is that is that why you seek out to work with companies like War Room and then you create Closing Table because you see that that part of our world is so important, but it's it's just lacking in most people's lives? It, it, it is kind of, that that would get to a more specific thing. So once you, once you have, the, the first thing is how do you put yourself in the flow of opportunity? And um, I'm really, really big on getting in the flow of opportunity. To get in the flow of opportunity means then that you will have the once in a lifetime deal presented to you three or four times a year. And that's a pretty cool place <laughs> to be, right? It's, yeah, um, man, it, it, it just happens. And you won't get there if you're watching TV or spending time on Facebook that's, you know, that's not intentional. There's just so much time that we waste. And so I think by being very intentional about your time and saying, what do I need to do to get where I want? Which is why I loved when you suggested we talk about what we're talking about. Yeah. What do I need to do to make that happen faster? Well, it's your network. It's absolutely always the beginning is the network because you're not going to get the opportunity without the network to, to bring it to you. The network is the vehicle that brings the opportunities to you. And the better the network you have, the better the opportunities. And truly, I pass on deals now that people would kill to have, but they're not good enough. They're not once in a lifetime deals. And I hope that the deals that I'm taking now will be deals that I pass on next year, three years from now, five years from now, because they're not good enough and they're not the once in a lifetime deal. But if you want to create really, really massive opportunity at a, at a grand scale that's consistent, which is also very important, I think that the, the first thing is choose that network that you want and then intentionally level up, level up, level up. And the only way to do that, like when, when I wanted to get into the finance world of venture capital in Silicon Valley, well, first I said, where is, where should I do that in San Diego? San Diego has a thing called the San Diego Venture Group. And I'm like, I mean, that's cool. And there's some people, there's some, you know, attorneys that are doing deals and they're like, San Diego is kind of a biotech town. So where do I want to go if I want to get plugged into 
more software and tech, like true tech, as opposed to biotech and stuff like that. Okay, I got to go to Silicon Valley. That's the place. Now, I reach out to my network and I say, hey, I'm going to go up to Silicon Valley. I don't know anybody. I've never been before. I don't even know what it looks like, but I would love it if you could help me meet people there. And then people from my network started saying, oh, you need to meet such and such at Lightspeed Ventures and this guy at Sequoia and this guy at this. And these are all pretty major firms. So I'm researching who are the big VC firms. I learned that there's this other thing called growth capital that's like not for startups. It's actually for companies that are currently doing well and are ready to get capital to go to the next level. And then I just scheduled a trip. I went up there for a couple of weeks. I went and I stayed at the uh, the hotel that seems to be the center of all the deals right next to Stanford is the Four Seasons in Palo Alto. And um, that was, right? Have, have, man, that place, if you want to get a feel for deals and you have zero connections, go to the Four Seasons That's and so just true. sit there from lunch from 11 to like 2 and ear hustle the conversations that are going on around you. It is an MBA in all kinds of stuff. Dude, my so brain I, was just drooling. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Right? You're like, oh, that's, that's, and you want to lean over the table. You're like, man, that's really cool. <laughs> what are you doing? You know, but um, so, so I just went up there cold and, and said, I'm, I'm going to meet all the people I can. I, I drove around to all the different, uh, I rented a car and drove around to all the different investment bankers and venture capitalists and growth capital firms and then found out that each of them have specialties and each of them have kind of their own personalities. And then within each firm, you'd meet with two different people and one would be kind of cool and one would be like, you know, I don't like your shoes. Uh, so it's, it's just get out there and, and, and do that. And so when I left, I had, I had intentionally developed way more contacts than it would have taken me years to if I had stayed in San Diego and tried to climb my way up the, you know, the, the, the venture forum or something like that. So I think it's where is the power and how can you create the proximity to that power to be able to access it? And then how can you create relationships with the power through the proximity so that you are an insider or at least you are somewhat top of mind and then you have to nurture those relationships and you have to figure out what can you do that will benefit them so that it behooves them to stay in contact with you because they got all kinds of people nipping at their heels saying, how can I do business with you? Please give me money for my deal. It's and funny that, it's, it's funny that you say this, Roland, is because I'm basically doing this in this interview right now. I'm just sitting here, just soaking it up and just listening. Like, this is my opportunity. When I heard you were coming on, I'm like, Tristan, let me be on this one. Nice. I love it. I love it. Just, just because it's surrounding, surrounding myself with people like you. But let me, let me say something too, is what you said about Blakely is exactly what Kiyosaki says, but he says it differently. He says, uh, hire or surround yourself or partner with people that are smarter than you. And don't be intimidated to, to hire or partner with people that are smarter than you. But most people make the mistake of, um, I'm, that's an intimidation thing. Well, they're going to take my job. Well, no, because they're just better at something than that you're better at because you can then focus on something that you're good at. Yeah, and I, I think one thing that might help people that are concerned about that or intimidated by that is, is there is always someone who is better, smarter than you at something. And so if, if you're concerned about somebody taking your job, then you're not an entrepreneur. So stop being an entrepreneur and go work for somebody like a cable company. But, um, but if you are an entrepreneur, then um, what you want to do is you, you, you say, look, if I surround myself with people who are good, let's say that you're, a, you're in the real estate business and you're really good at sales. You're really good. Like you can get listings. You, you go out, you're not a wallflower. You meet everybody at the networking event and six of them are giving, you know, are like, Oh man, I can't wait to have you sell my house. Then you should not get with somebody else that's good at that. Right. And if you do, you'll only be competing with each other. You're going to be banging heads because you're like, no, nah, man, you got to go to this and do it this way. No, that's stupid. You do it this way. You know, it's like, but, and you're both successful and neither of you is really wrong, but you're just going to fight about it. And then all the rest of your business is going to be weak because you care about this one thing. And so you're going to bond with the people that are up and coming in the agency that are, or the brokerage that are good at the thing you're, because 
that you're at because they they know, like, and trust people who are like them, right? So what you have to do is you say, if I'm a smart entrepreneur, I want this, I'm, I'm going to say, this is what I'm good at. And I'm going to acknowledge that I have at least a superpower. Well, if you've got a superpower and you identify it, then you don't go out and get more of that superpower. You get all the things that are going to move the little blocks of kryptonite out from under you that could make you weak, right? So you want to you get a person that's really good at operations and somebody that's really good at finance and somebody that's really good at all the different things that you're not good at that you don't want to do. Maybe somebody that's good at culture because that's important, right? You know, how do you get, how do you attract more? How do you recruit more agents? How do you recruit more, more people to do business with that way? And if you do that, then you don't have to be afraid that somebody's going to take your job, right? It's, it's just not an option because they're not good at that in the first place. And I, you know, I really saw this at, when I came into this, this company, Digital Marketer, I have two really smart people who were partners, a guy named Perry Belcher and a guy named Ryan Dice. And they couldn't be more opposite as to how they approach things. And they were literally tearing the staff apart in that one of them would come in and say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do, we're going to go here and this and that. We're going to focus on this kind of stuff. And they'd be, the team would be like, okay, okay, we're doing that. And then that person would go on vacation and the other partner would come in and be like, nah, I'm not going to do that. We're going to do this because e-commerce is where you can make money. And so one of them's like, we're going to sell stuff. And the other one's like, we're going to sell information and digital. And the team was just like, ah, you know? So, so when I came in, we decided, how about we say, you're really good at that digital info stuff. You do that. You're really good at that physical product stuff. You do that. Let's put them in separate companies. Let's let you build your own teams and your own culture around that. And I'll do these other things that I'm good at. You know, I'm good at strategic relationships. I'm good at events. I'm good at masterminds and stuff like that. So I'll take that stuff because you guys aren't great at that. And you take this stuff because you're amazing at that. And you take that physical stuff because you're amazing at that. And then under you, let's not get more use, more mini use. Let's get really good finance people and really good recruiting and uh, HR people and so on and so forth. And, you know, really good ops person, a really good tech person. And that was how we were able to build out multiple companies from this one thing that had these two people that were doing this all the time. Because they were literally, it's really funny. I, I invested in that company a lot of money and uh, to, to become a partner in it. And maybe two, three months after that, we were sitting in my house with them talking about, you know, oh man, I'm just gonna take my brand and I can go and I can do this. And the other one was like, well, I'm just gonna do this. And I was like, huh. <laughs> you know, I was like, and you remember when I invested in this? Like for you not to do that, but but that's the thing. So so just to answer as a very long answer and passionate to your question, I think or your comment is, don't be scared of being outshone because if you are going to get that that person who's smarter than you, or and I don't even like that term because I think that it, it demeans you. Let's say you're smart. And, but you have skills and talents that lend themselves to a particular area of your company. And so you focus on that. If it's sales, if it's finance, if it's marketing, whatever, you focus on that. Then go get the best people, partner, hire, and contract with the best possible people you can to fill in those weakness gaps. And then you've got a kick-ass company. I love it, man. This conversation is nowhere near what we even talked about doing. And this is why it is so uh, important to level up and, and spend your time with successful people. And Roland, every time I get the opportunity to talk to you or just listen to you, that's why I take advantage of it. But I want to ask you a question in, in relation to what you were talking about with the networking, which you talked about the younger band playing Roland would do. Let's make this specific to real estate. So you said attorney and the, the doctor and the software and that kind of stuff. But if you are a real estate agent, if you're a young Roland realtor, what specific networking people would you tie yourself to? Because that's who we're talking to mostly here. And so I want to relate it to them and say, okay, you need to be hiring smarter people than you. You need to be partnering with smarter people than you. And you need to be doing more networking. And you need to be going to more events. You need to be leveling up. But if they were, if you're, if you're Roland, young Roland, realtor, what are the key pieces from a networking perspective that would level up your business? Okay. So let's say, first I've got to set a goal and let's say, since we, we 
made the topic of this zero to a million. My goal is a million in revenue um, for and in income for myself as an agent. Then I'm going to say, what are the levers? What's going to get me to that the fastest? So what's going to get me to that the fastest is at a. Uh, let me see, because I'm I'm not going to do the math correctly if I do it in my head. But let's say that uh, I'm, I'm at a six uh, percent commission. I need to sell sixteen million seven hundred thousand dollars worth of properties, assuming I'm getting the whole 6%, which I'm not. So I need to sell $32 million of properties, assuming I'm on a 50-50 split. So now I've got a goal. That's what I have to do to get a million. Now I say, how do I make that goal easier for me? Okay, well, one of the things that I could do is I could increase the amount that I keep. So everybody who owns a brokerage now is going to hate me because I'm going to say, the first thing I do is probably go and say, what as me a, a real estate agent who does not currently own a brokerage, what's going to get me the most commission? I'm probably going to go to a place that's 100% commission or that's going to give me the most favorable rate if 100% isn't available in my area. And that means now I've instantly gone from, I've got to earn 32 million and I've got to sell 32 million of properties at 6% on a 50-50 split to make my million. Now I only have to sell 16,700,000 to do that. So that's my first thing is, okay, how do, I, how do I make me able to get my thing faster? That's one. Now I'm going to say, okay, so if the place that I'm located in now, and I'm going to assume I'm untethered. If I'm tethered, then this, this gets tethered, meaning I've got family that absolutely will not move from Paducah, Kentucky or um, Amarillo, Texas, no, it's a Coleman, Texas, or something like that, where houses are 30 grand. If I'm going to sell houses at 30 grand to get to 16 million, I'm going to have to sell 555 houses. 555 houses is a lot to sell in a year. I see people do it, but that's <laughs> a lot, dude. Right? But that, that sounds really hard. So what I would do instead is I would say, why don't I go to a place where the houses at least the average price of a house is is much higher. And so let's say that I can go to $300,000 transaction value. Well, if I divide that by 300,000, I only have to sell 55 houses. I can do that because if I divide that by 12, I only have to close 4.6 houses a month to hit my number. I made a million dollars, 4.6 houses a month at 300,000. Then I'd say, okay, why am I not in the luxury market? Because the surest way to sell a lot faster would be to sell million dollar houses. Now I only have to sell 16 houses. I only have to close 16 houses during the year to do that. So now I'm thinking, okay, where are those houses? Just like I went to Silicon Valley to make the connections with the investment banker, I'd say, okay, maybe I should maybe I should be selling houses in San Francisco. Maybe I can't afford to live in San Francisco right now, but I'm gonna live out in the boonies, you know, an hour drive away, and I'm gonna listen to audiobooks on the way in and out. So I'm educating myself and improving it, listen to podcasts like yours. And then that's gonna improve that's gonna improve my state. That's gonna get me when I get into the city, I'm gonna be able to do this amazing thing. And there, I believe the houses are an average of say two million dollars. Great. You know, so now I only have to sell eight of these two million dollar houses to get to where I want to be. I'm really within range. Who buys those houses? Who knows the people who buy those houses? I get a profile, they're available. Who buys houses that are $2 million and up? What does it take to qualify? What's the average job? Where do those people hang out? Okay, they're, they're tech entrepreneurs, they're uh, people that own businesses that generate over this much a year. Where do those people hang out? I'm gonna find the people who own the businesses where those people hang out and I'm gonna do stuff for them. I'm gonna figure out how can I talk to them? How can I get to know them? And how can I identify the things that they value that will help their connections deepen with those other people. When I do that, I'm going to be meeting those other people. And now I'm connected to the people who are my buyers, who I'm going to then say, what can I do for them? Wow. Okay. So uh, I'm going to backtrack here and we're going to stay on this rabbit hole. Um, and you mentioned that the first thing you would do was you would, you would go find a hundred percent brokerage, but I will challenge that and say uh, that might work for some, but for a lot, probably a lot more, they need support. And you don't typically get the maximum amount of support at 100% brokerage. Mm -hmm. So what do you say to that? Well, uh, so let's, let's drill down then. What is that support? 
uh, we're talking about tech. We're talking about uh, we're talking about strategies. We're talking about the back end uh, lead gen. We're talking about the you know everything that goes into trying to make an agent successful that most okay. agents don't know how to do without help. So you said tech strategies and lead gen. So the tech I can buy the tech for about fifty to hundred bucks a month from almost anywhere. Okay. Can I not? True. True. Okay. Great. Now that now that costs me a hundred bucks a month. Let's say that costs me hundred bucks a month. Okay. So that's $1,200 a year. Now, strategies, I'm listening to all of the best things from LabCoat. I've got all of the, the uh, free information that's available, which is legion, by the way. I mean, there's so much great free information. I don't need the strategies. And, um, and again, apologies. You mean, to- you, mean you don't have to pay for the strategies? I don't, I don't have to pay for the strategies. Yeah, I don't need the broker for the strategies. And, and, and it's actually true because yeah. lab code agents is free. So exactly. yes. Right. That, that's a good and, point. And um, let's see, it was tech strategies. And what was the other thing? The leads and the leads. I just told you what I'm going to do to get the leads. I don't. So now it's good for people that want that. I am me. So I'm like, screw all that. I'm going to just go as fast and furious and unstoppably forward as I can and not accept anything less than what's going to get in my way. And if it's in my way, it's going to be out of my way because that's unacceptable to me. So if I want that support, then I need to put a price on what's that support. When we did the math, the, the price, the price of the support was $500,000. The price of sharing my commission 50, 50 was a half million of my million that I earned. Can I buy strategies and tech and generate leads for less than a half million dollars a year? I think we all know the answer to that. Yeah, so, so now I'm not arguing for that. I own part of a brokerage, right? We recruit people, there. now ours is 100%, but, but let's say that, that I'm Keller Williams. You know, Well, I've got this black box amazing tech that I've developed that's gonna take over the world and all this other stuff. For me personally, I don't see giving away half of my money or, um, you know, let's say you're on a super favorable deal. I don't see giving away 20% of it. To, to me, to give away 200% to somebody who's building their agency, which is a sellable asset, doesn't make any sense at all. Because I'm thinking not only about the income, I want to make the million, but I also want to be worth a million. It's a completely different animal. I can do both. But if I'm out there selling as one of many agents in somebody else's brokerage, I'm building the value of their brokerage, the value of their franchise, the value of their brand. And if I stopped selling, I was a dancing bear. And when I stopped dancing, they stopped throwing the money at me. I got nothing to sell, right? I'm only making money through commissions. If I build my own business, that's not the case. So that to me, that's so much money to give away that I wouldn't be willing to do it. Now, if you're doing it casually and you're most people that you talk to say, I really want to make 10 grand a month and I don't want to have any hassles and I hate employees and I don't want, you know, to have to like figure out how to do taxes and stuff like that. I just want, I want to use Quicken. I want to get one, you know, 1040 easy 10, was it whatever the, I want to file the 1040 easy earned a million dollars taxes, this then that's a quality of life issue. For me, I absolutely love the game of all the business. So I'm gonna go do that. That's not right for everybody, but it's absolutely, if you think about, and, it, and you could say, I'm totally comfortable because I believe I need the strategy support and tech that the, um, that the brokerage offers. So I am going to accept that my cost of buying that's 200, 300, 500 grand a year and um, I'm going to look for other ways that I can reduce costs. But when you go in uh, to say, what's the fastest way, which is what we were talking about to get to say a million dollars in personal income, you're, you're going to have to look at how can I make more? How can I keep more? And anything that's on the list of take that costs me, then I'm going to look at and say, can I make that more efficient? Can I make that more efficient? When you buy a business, you instantly say, is there any efficiency that has not yet been identified in any category of expense that I can look at. And then what are the opportunities to grow it bigger? And, um, and we still got a bunch of strategies to talk about on the grow bigger, but, but to me, right off the bat, 
that that's those are the first things I'm going to look at. Totally. I can on about lots more too. Totally fair, and 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 obviously I'm completely unbiased. That's why I asked the questions. I already kind of know what your answer is going to be because I know you. Uh, but I just I wanted to hear it, and I wanted everybody else to hear it as well. So let's 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 carry on with the strategy perspective. And I wanted to ask you just on kind of a, from your from your personal level, um, you know, we we've talked about this networking thing, and do you do you think that it's your network that is responsible for? And we're backtracking. If you missed the beginning, we talked about his connection with Anthony Robbins or Tony Robbins. Uh, would you cons- would you say that your network is responsible for helping the, the Tony Robbins deal? Um, it, it is, yes. Um, that, that deal came about as a result of, we have a person who's in charge of business development. His name is Marcus Murphy at Digital Marketer. And so Marcus has a list of his Dream 100 people that he wants our company to work with. The Robbins organization was on that list. He reached out, he created the relationships, he offered them value and nurtured the relationship. And then when it came down to the ability to make the time to make a deal, introduced us, my, my partner Ryan and uh, Richard and me, to that uh, to the organization, and then we were able to um, you know to strike our first deal, which I think will lead to many more. So yes, because had I not had I not uh, this is a, a great story of of how I got involved in digital marketer in the first place is I said I I saw because I'm old I saw internet marketing. Uh, as the internet was developing, I said, here's a huge opportunity that I want to be a part of. I need to be in this or I will be left behind and I need to be in it from the beginning. So I got in, I got, I, I learned how to program uh, in, in all kinds of languages. Um, this is before uh, WordPress existed. It was before it was so easy to build a, you know, a website and all that stuff. But I was like, I got to know this because if I don't know this, it's going to pass me by and there's going to be a whole class of people, which actually does exist now, that know how to program that are that have so much more opportunity than people that don't. Now, fortunately, people that don't can hire them. So that's that's good. But um, so I, uh, I, I looked for who is really owning marketing online right now. And it was this guy named Ryan Dice. And, and he had a company, I don't even know if it was called Digital Marketer at the time. And I signed up for his newsletter and I was like, this is great. And then he had interviewed this guy named Mr. X. They didn't want to say who he was. He's doing, you know, this crazy numbers uh, using AdWords and stuff like that. And uh, it turned out Mr. X was Perry Belcher, who was partners with Ryan, but I didn't know that at the time. And um, I bought that product and then they were holding an event. And I was like, I got to go to the event because it's great. I went to the event. At the event, I met all kinds of people, which is why going to events like Labcoat Live is really, really important. And um, because that to me, like here behind the computer, you can see all the people I can network with. It's none. I can talk with you guys here and that's good, but there's nothing like us hanging out and, and breaking bread or, or learning together. So I think the events are important. So I went to this event and at the event, I met all these cool people. And then I saw that some of them had this little badge that said, um, that said war room had a little ribbon on it. I was like, what's that? And like, Oh, it's great. There's only, you know, 20 people in it and they're all doing, you know, really good in their businesses. And I was like, okay, I gotta, gotta find out more about that. And, um, and then I was like, Oh, Ryan and Perry, the owners of the event and the company, they actually go to that. And I said, okay, well, this is, this fits a pattern that I've done before because I like to identify who do I want to get to know? And then the first thing I say is, What's the paid channel of access that that person's created to be able to get closer to them? Not, I run up to them at the end of the event and say, hey, can I pitch you on this idea? Or my favorite, can I pick your brain? It's actually, how can I get closer to you by giving you money? Oh, well, we have this mastermind. It's called The Warm. Fantastic. How much is it? It's this much. If I don't have it, I'll find it. You know, you can always find it. Have a yard sale. There's like thousands of ways to make, you know, 10, 15, 20 grand. And- and so I, uh, I didn't join it the first year because uh, some date challenges and some, uh, some other things that were going on that I needed to get straight before I would get the advantage of it. Second year, I went to the event. I said, I want to join that war room thing. They said, you can't. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> you, like it's sold out? They're like, no, we hadn't printed up the application forms yet. I was like, oh, okay. All right, cool. <laughs> So, cause I mean, that was literally the first thing I went up to that event. Here's my, you know, it was 25 grand. I think here's my 25 grand. I'm ready to go. And so now I got, I had that paid channel of access and that led to 
me in there, my philosophy, which I know is, is yours and Tristan's as well, is give without expectation of anything in return. Give value with expecting nothing in return. So now I had paid to go into this group. Now, a lot of people that were in there were like, I better get my 25 grand worth. I paid 25 grand to be in here. What are you going to do for me? I'm in there saying, I am excited to have invested this money to be able to have the opportunity to impress you. And I said, what, what can I do to impress these people? Well, they had a contest that they held at every war room called Wicked Smart, where everybody that's there submits something they've done, can't be an idea, has to be proven, and then step-by-step step how they did it that achieved some spectacular result. So I said, okay, I've clearly got to win this Wicked Smart thing. How the hell am I going to do that? I have no idea. And Tony Robbins talks about the tyranny of how. All of this is just, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to worry about the how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get to be, that. my initial thing here, I'm going to do, tell both these threads at the same time. My initial thing was, these guys are smart. They're sending me emails. They look cool. I need to get to meet them. Oh, they're having an event. I need to go to the event. I'm not worried about any logistics on how I'm going to make it happen. It's just, I'm going to do this, right? So then I get to the event. I'm like, I need to get close to them. They've got this. How, how can I do that? Oh, pay channel of access. Fantastic. I'm going to do that. Now I've paid my 25 grand. Do they owe me anything for that? No, they don't. They, you know, and that's a, a challenge a lot of us have is we pay to get access to something and then we think that that entitles us to something. It doesn't entitle you to crap. It entitles you to access. That's it. And then I go in there and I say, okay, I've got to get close to them. Now, how can I do that? Now I'm like at the how. How can I do that? Okay, they have this wicked smart thing. Well, I need to win it. How can I do that? No idea. What do I even need to, to present? No idea. I'm going to do it though. That's my thing. Okay, great. Now I go to the how. Okay, how am I going to do it? Because this is, I got to make this happen. And I just asked, I was like, well, what are the, what are the big things people are trying to do? And they, there were uh, a couple of problems that people were having that they wanted to solve. And then I was like, okay, well, I got to figure out how to do that. And literally one of them was how to get your, how to get the email addresses of your Facebook uh, contacts out of Facebook so that you can email them because that's what. That's a good one. Yeah. So there was a hack to do that through Yahoo. Yahoo would let you import, I think That's it was right. 100 or 200 of them, but I had like 4,000 friends. So I was, well, this Yahoo hack doesn't do me any good because it stops there. And what I found at the time, I don't know if it still does it or not, but I actually went into all of the import, all of the ones that would allow you to import your address book. And of course, Facebook wanted you to import your address book and other things wanted, and it, and it wanted to share with others too, to make you want to be more involved with Facebook. And I was on Skype and I realized that I was doing it and I was doing an export from, um, I think it was from Facebook to Skype. And I saw that there was a window that popped up in the background and in the background, it had all of the email addresses. And I was like, <laughs> I just need to get to that. And then I just, I, I, uh, I, as I said, I had decided I need to do some programming. So I had some skills at that. And I basically just uh, showed them how everybody. So that was my wicked smart that one, That's by the good. way, was this is how you can get as many Facebook friends as you have email addresses to then go do whatever the heck you want to do with them. And then I submitted because, again, this is like I got to win this because if I win it, I'm going to impress them, which means I'll get close to them, which means that maybe there will be some opportunity. Do I know what it is? No freaking idea. Do I know how I'm going to get even closer to them? No idea. You know, it's like just that I see that vision that these are people that I should be doing business with. So I go in and I said, is there a limit on the number of wicked smarts you can submit? Because everybody was just doing one. And they were like, no, no. <laughs> All right, I got three. Well, now there's, there's 20 people in the room, right? You have a one in 20 chance of winning with one submission. I submitted three. I now have a three in 20 chance of winning, right? So I've increased my odds 300% simply by saying, can I do more, right? Can I help more and give you more great ideas? So I submitted three things. I won and uh, I won, I, it was, I think it was unanimously actually. And uh, you know, everybody that's there votes. So then Perry, says comes over to me is like hey man we gotta we, we're gonna go have dinner and stuff and you you need to you need to come sit next to me because we need to talk 
awesome. I have closeness, proximity. I've earned that. I didn't have the expectation it would happen. I had the hope that something might happen. Didn't know what it was, but that was awesome. I couldn't have asked for more. Hey, come hang out with me. We talk, we end up hitting it off and becoming really great friends. And um, then we start doing social things together. We did a, I've never done a cruise, hate cruises, didn't ever want to do a cruise. You're clammed up on a boat, eating cheap food, trapped on the ocean. That doesn't sound exciting to me. That's not how they sell it. They sell it differently. But um, <laughs> he's like, you know, do you want, we're going to go on a cruise. Do you want to go on a cruise? And I'm like, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> no. Yes, I do. So, uh, and I love hanging with him and his family, but the idea of being trapped on the boat and going to these stupid little places that they take you didn't sound good. And I'm a, and as you guys know, I'm an avid traveler. So I've been 153 countries. I've been a lot of places. So like being on a boat, going to the little tourist stops that they do doesn't sound exciting. But, um, but we had a great time on the boat and it allowed us and our families to bond. And then I continued giving value in that group. I took notes. I gave them to everybody for free. I, you know, I just, I helped people. Um, I never asked for any money. And then two things happened from that. One is that when the CEO that Perry and Ryan had contracted with, who had the ability to acquire uh, a significant interest in the company, ultimately um, decided to do something else, there was an opportunity and pre-set aside equity in their company for somebody to come in. And because I had just helped them throughout about three years, they said, would you like to become a partner? And I said, I, Dude, I absolutely awesome. would. So, so that's like from, I don't know anything except these guys are emailing me and they seem smart and I wanna do business with them to I am now a partner with these guys and um, within that group, as, an, as a total side benefit, that group of 20 people quickly grew to 40. And I've got all this value that I've been giving them through the notes and helping them and stuff. And so there was a big launch that happened for a product. And I had never supported a launch before. And I was like, I want to take all this stuff I know and see if it works. And, um, and at the time, I was stuck. Uh, I was grounded in Italy because... Uh, uh, in Iceland exploded and the skies shut down all of Europe for air travel, if you remember that. Oh, and um, yeah. so I'm stuck there and I'm like, well, I'm going to try one of these launch things. And I'm like, sweetheart, do you mind if I try a launch thing? She's like, I don't care. So I was like, okay. So I did that. I reached out to all the people that I'd been helping all this time, including Ryan and Perry and said, I'm going to do this thing. We weren't partners yet at that time. I'm going to do this thing, but I don't have a list. And to like promote a product, you have a list as an affiliate. I don't have one. Um, I know how to do SEO. I know how to do uh, ads and stuff like that. But nothing is as powerful as, as a list. So I ended up getting uh, about 30, I think it was, different people, mostly from that War Room Mastermind, to help me promote, including Ryan and Perry. And over six days, I sold a million three hundred thousand of this product that had a 50% commission, but that then it got bumped to 65% because I came in first. And so I made about 850,000 bucks while grounded because you can't fly in Did a couple you decide of to stay longer because of that. It, no, we were done, you know, um, but it, it, it's, it was pretty amazing. And all of that came from looping back around to how do you get to the million from zero fastest you know, and why is the network important? And your question of how, uh, well, of did the Tony Robbins deal come from that? Well, yeah, because now I'm in the company and the company has the biz dev director and the biz dev director reaches out and brings the deal. So absolutely only every single time. So if you're still listening to this, which you should be because you're an idiot if you're not, this is why we like to talk to this guy. And, and if I can real quick too, uh, Roland, is, is exactly, you just made me feel like I'm really smart uh, and I don't feel like I'm smart when I'm in yours and Tristan's presence. Uh, but that, your story is almost identical to exactly what I did, which was this. I took a chance, spent money I couldn't afford, and as a result of that, and, and, and I did the same thing, except it wasn't Wicked Smart. I stood up in the room with Jesse Itzer and said, will you go for a run with me? Yeah, I remember. Which everybody loved. It made me popular real fast. And then I went and did something really stupid that year uh, as a result of Jesse's challenge. 
but because of that, I met Tristan and because, of, you know, and then I started bringing value to Tristan, it's the same damn thing. And so, and the reason I say this is because we're talking to, you know, a lot of real estate agents and obviously Roland, you're at this level and I'm down at this level. So I feel like I can maybe be a little bit more relatable to people. We're, we're all at the same level of, it, it's the same things. So what you're saying to me is, is, is really important for anybody that says, well, you're, you've done all this stuff, so it's easy for you. Well, you're doing it. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't easy for me when I did it. And, you know, whatever level anybody's at, unless they've got a stick up their butt, you're at the same level. I know things you don't know. You know things I don't know. I know people you don't know. You know people I don't know. I haven't gone for a run with Jesse Itzler, right? I didn't climb the Everest thing, you know. <laughs> That's, That's you know, and same thing for Tristan. So we're we're all... That's my wife asked me that a long time ago, and I said, I mean, I believe that you that there is genius in everyone, and all you have to do is not be so arrogant as to think that there isn't, and it will it will expose itself to you, and it will benefit you, and you will benefit them. So the levels thing doesn't money. Okay, some people have more money, less money, but other than that, it's just everybody who's good wants to help, and um, and I have found that that on the on, uh, on average the bulk of people are looking to help other people that they know so all you have to do again looping back to the very first thing we talked about is you have to put yourself in the flow of opportunity and to put yourself in the flow of opportunity you have to expand your network to expand your network you need to be intentional about it and then you need to figure out how can you serve the people who you want to get to know Take a damn risk and, and stop using the excuse you can't afford it because that's another thing as well. And, that, and that's what holds people back from things like this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it was Sam who convinced me that, dude, come on, man, just put it on a damn credit card. And maybe that's not the best financial advice in the world, but at the same token, look what it's now turned into. I think um, for you, it was the best financial advice because you were going to do something with it. If it's someone who has no intentionality and, and again, has that entitlement thing, because you didn't come in the closing table, all right paid my money. Where's my stuff? You came in and said, what can I do to help? Who can I get to know? And so if you've got that as your approach, and that's the only approach that succeeds long-term anyway, by the way, but if you've got that as your approach, then you should beg, borrow, and everything but steal to get yourself into something like that. Not because I have one, don't join mine. I don't care, right? I want, I want people to realize that there's something magical about about uh, the stake, the skin in the game, investing in something like that, and then doing it with intentionality and then following through. And the people that you will meet will be people who are actually going to do stuff too. And because if they aren't, they're not going to stay in for very long. And so it's, it's, if nothing else, it's a vetting mechanism to get past all the BSers and to the people who are really doing stuff because they're actually committed enough to come in. I, I think I believe that with all my heart and soul. I, I totally agree. Dude, this has been amazing and we are going long and we could go a hell of a lot longer. So I think we have to have you back on. Sweet. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about the specific we stuff. We didn't get Dude, to talk about the strategy. Would you mind coming back, Roland? Maybe we could do this like next month? Yeah, man. I'm, anytime. Anything for you guys. Well, here let, let's let's end with Robert's uh, last last question. If you can if you can a- answer this question, who are some contacts that you want to get to network with next? I think that'd be a fascinating answer. For me right now, so I'm in the midst of uh, of a thing called geocloning. So we built up one of our events called Traffic and Conversion Summit. It's the largest digital marketing event in North America. We sold a controlling interest in it last year to a company out of the UK called Clarion Events, big, big company owned by Blackstone. Um, It was a very good transaction for us, but one of the reasons we did it, in addition to, you know, to get them to take some chips off the table, was that we saw the opportunity to expand, and one of the fastest ways to expand is to geoclone, meaning that you take something that's geographically specific to a particular area. And real estate's a great example of this, like a brokerage or being a realtor, because one of the specific strategies would be geoclone your already successful real estate thing. How can you plant that and replicate it in all of the outlying areas that are around you that make the most sense? Because you've already got the systems, you've already done it. So you, we take all of these things that we do in this event, and now with the help of Clarion uh, financing it, we're going to, uh, we've already got dates in Amsterdam to do one in Europe. 
in June. We've already got dates in October of 2020 to do one in Singapore. I'm speaking in Russia to 50,000 people October 5th. It's like the, the power of that has been really good. So I'm very focused on taking everything that we've already got, getting all of our content and all of our stuff translated into all the different languages that we need, getting our events localized in these new places and finding affiliates. This leads, see, I do ultimately answer the question. Uh, finding the affiliates, because what I learned is that at all these big events, like Tony Robbins has 27,000 people in Australia. Well, Tony Robbins didn't put 27,000 people in that and they didn't just show up because they heard he was gonna be there. There's this vast network worldwide of people who, who have relationships in local areas with other people who want to go to events. And these big events that have 20,000, 50,000, you know, 10,000 people usually have significant amounts of affiliates that are helping them. And if you think about it, if you've got 20 affiliates that can put 500 people in, you've got a 10,000 uh, person event. That's not that much. 20 that have 500 ain't that much, right? So I'm interested in meeting those people. I'm interested in meeting people who might be good fit for our expansion of Big Block. I'm interested in meeting people who are committed like we all are in coming in and being a part of Closing Table with us. And, and I'm always available. I, I, my philosophy for helping online is that any time that I have that is not that is not needed for deals that I'm doing in relationships I've already got that I have commitments to, I make available for free. I don't do consulting because I feel ultimately you're just trading dollars for hours. And I'd rather, I think the return on my effort of helping people for free who are doing stuff is way, way more than if I was to charge people $500,000, $10,000 an hour. So if there's somebody who really has some stuff going on that needs some help, then you can always send them my way. Before we let you go, give me one sexy name. You got to give me a name. A name of, of somebody that you want to network with. You just gave us a broad answer, but I, I want to hear a name. I will give you a few. So right now for, for our big event in uh, San Diego in March, we'll have 10,000 people there. My gets for that show are, um, last year it was Richard Branson, or actually this year it was Richard Branson and we got him, right? And that was through networking. So thank you for asking. I want Joe Rogan for uh, podcasting because we have a focus on podcasts. I, um, I'd like The Rock because I think he's just a brilliant marketer and seems like a really good person. And I'd like uh, Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart because they're doing stuff together. Awesome. So cool. So cool. Roland, uh, Tristan, go ahead. Well, I have one more, one more question. Roland, do you... When people uh, say, hey, Roland, what, what book have you read recently or, or all that? Well, I want to ask you a different question. What book do you give out the most or do you recommend the most for people? That is, that's a great question. Um, there are a few. And one of them I took because it was the best. It was the favorite book of Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. And I was like, man, if, if they've got dog-eared copies of this one book, it must be pretty good. And it is pretty spectacular. It's called Business Adventures. It's a fantastic book. I, I also think that the goal, um, I think it's Eliyahu gold rate or gold rate or something like that, but it's the goal is impossible to read for me, but it was really easy to listen to. It's about the theory of constraints and for you getting out of your own way and not being a bottleneck in your company. I think that's fantastic. I think Tony Robbins awaken the giant within is a fantastic personal development book. And then unusual business books, that I don't hear recommended a lot are Measure What Matters by John Doerr, which talks about OKRs, which is objectives and key results, and get the audio book because he literally has the founders of Google, uh, Bono from YouTube, uh, YouTube, like all these crazy people that you would never imagine anybody could get that have all benefited from this. If Google and um, Twitter and all these other, you know, you too and Gates have benefited from this, it's probably something that could benefit you. And then when I was interviewing Richard Branson, whenever I interview a celebrity, I go and I read all their books, I read all their blogs, I listen to every interview I can find that they've ever done, I take notes on all those, and then I whittle those down into the questions I'm going to ask them. And one of the things that I found on Richard Branson's blog was, I think it was like 65 or 63 books of a lifetime to read. 
And the one that really struck me, there were a couple of good ones on there, but I just thought it was absolutely magical is a book called Black Box Thinking, which talks about the study of failure in the airline industry is the initial story, but then it goes on to how multiple people uh, have used specific studies of failure to figure out how to be successful, which goes to my favorite like thinker of our time is a guy named Charlie Munger, who's partners with Warren Buffett. And um, he talks a lot about inversion thinking. Inversion thinking is if you want to be rich, think about what you have to, uh, what, where, where would you fail? What would you have to do to not be rich, right? And you're, you're thinking about going after the inverse rather than the thing you want. And in doing so, you identify all the things that will not take you to the place you actually want to go. That's pretty smart. And um, black box thinking, I think, lays out a good framework for how to think in the inverse. Wow. Dude, I've only read one of those books that you recommended, and that was an amazing, amazing book. So I, I already put the other ones on my list. But Me- Measure What Matters is really good. That was an amazing book. Thanks did for you listening to the audio. I did not, dude. Now you I'm going to have to go back and listen to yeah, it. Yeah, you do, because it's so cool to, you know, it's like, this is Bono and this is what I, it's like, you know, <laughs> this is Thirty Brain. And what he did, you know, it's just crazy to have those kinds of people. And I think that's a, you know, that's my aspiration is I want the people that I, that I'm texting to be at that level. And, um, you know, to get there, you have to be there and I'm not there yet, but, uh, but we're all works in progress. So hopefully yep. uh, that evolution will happen. Agreed, man. Well, thank you again, Roland. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks uh, we're going to have you on next month again so to talk strategies let's yeah. remember that specifics too. okay i like it thanks roland thanks, thanks jeff guys. appreciate you guys thank you Lab Coat agents podcast